0: This is Colin from
1: Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hofstra, and Big Swing.
2: This is Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, and we are live here on 89.1 KENS FM. And if I'm not mistaken, I do have one of my buddies here. Uh, Matthias, are you there?
3: Yep, I am here live again for another good show on 89.1 KENS FM.
2: Well, as you know, we missed you last week. Granny will not be joining us this week. Apparently she's on a quick little vacation, so that's okay. But I think you and I can uh, handle this thing, right?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
2: Perfect. And as we uh, proceed here... We'll kind of catch everybody up on what's been going on. Let's start with you. What's up, What's been new with you?
3: Uh, well, basically, uh, I've been starting my – well, I'm going to start my physical therapy here for my knee. Uh, it's going to be a long, extensive uh, recovery from this injury, and it's going to definitely delay my time in the ring. It's going to delay uh, – I'm possibly going to be out of the ring for upwards of six months to a year. all depends on the situation. Uh, but other than that, I've just been uh, working and recuperating, and and trying to uh, rehabilitate uh, everything that's been going on, especially in the wrestling world. So,
2: well, with the six months to a year, is this a definite? Is this a, or is this a, just a speculation?
3: Well, in regards to the injury, I don't know if I ever, t- I don't think I've ever talked to this on the radio. But I just got my MRI results back um, a while back, and so basically what happened was my ligaments and tendons are fine. Um, there's some minor damage to those, but in regards to the muscles on the right side of my knee, they are completely destroyed, um, severe muscle atrophy on the right side. And I've got bad calcification on the left side, right next to my kneecap. So basically what that means is my support system and my muscles in my knee are completely weak. They are the weakest they've ever been to the point where I tried to go to the gym And I tried to do a leg extension with my left knee, and I couldn't even do 10 pounds uh, without it causing a lot of pain and a lot of stress. So what this basically means is I'm going to be doing a lot of rehabilitation, and it's going to take quite a while because my knee went from literally lifting. I I think my record for leg press was a little over 1,100 pounds uh, with both my knees. And then with wrestling, how they slowly deteriorated, it's gotten a little less and a little less but now if I can't even do 10 pounds on my left knee, then I don't know what I'm going to be able to do with both knees uh, as time goes on.
2: Well, as you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin made quite a career and quite a big paycheck wearing braces on his knees. Is that a possibility?
3: Oh, yeah. Um, I've already looked into the aspects of getting uh, some good braces for over my tights. I've been wearing my my one brace under my knee, and I've wrapped, uh, I've wrapped my knee every time I've went out to the ring twice over, and I've still managed to dislocate it while I'm out there for it to pop in and out, so uh, I'm actually going to look into getting some high-quality doctor-recommended doctor uh, stone cold braces that I can actually wear over my tights, so then when I don't have to worry about all the stuff underneath, I can just slip on my tights, slip on the few braces, wrap it if I have to, and I'm on the road, and I'm ready to go, so...
2: Well, we hope that you will be able to return to the ring, and as people listen to the show over the next several months, we hope that you'll still be able to join us here on the show because we we love you with us.
3: Absolutely. Yeah,
2: I'll
3: I'll keep everybody posted, and like I said, it's going to be a long, long recuperating process because if my knees went down from, let's say my knee went from, I could do a little over 150 to 200 150, I'd say, with my left knee alone. Now it's only down to, like, 10 pounds. The muscle is completely gone, so it is going to take a while. But rest assured, I will not give up. I will not quit. I will be in that ring again, full force, 100%. Of course, i got to defend my tag team titles come August 26th. That could be tough. Yeah, it will be tough. I will have my tag team partner take a lot of the brunt of the hits, and then I'll come in and do what I need to do. Um, but I want it on an injured knee. Uh, so I think I could defend them, and then after that I'm probably going to call it quits for a while and then just really, really focus on the rehabilitation so I could get back in 100% and win my APW World Heavyweight title back.
2: Well, we do, uh, we do wish you luck in those endeavors, and we're glad that you're back with us. And hopefully next week everybody will be back here in full force, you and Granny and myself. It's, it's just, it's, I mean, I don't have an issue with just two of us, but it's better when there's three wheels on the car.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's it's always nice to have all three, but then, of course, when, you know, it's also nice with this team where if uh, one person can't make it for some reason, then the other person steps up, or if one person can't make it, then, you know, we fill in in that, in that aspect or whatever. And so, you know, two, we can do it with two, but like you said, it's always nice to have all three uh, in the triple threat coming in, in one night. So.
2: Well, before we uh, before we uh, update everybody on what's been going on with the Icons Live, because I do want to fill everybody in, we're going to go ahead and let everybody know who we got on tonight. We got actor Ron Thompson. You guys might know Ron Thompson. He was a character actor. He's been in shows such as The Greatest American Hero, Beretta, Quincy, Top Gun, Ironside, Mannix. I mean, he used to be in all those de- uh, detective shows back in the day. So we're going to talk to him. We have Michelle Rossi. Now, what, what's interesting about Michelle is she's been in a few uh, cool different movies that she's directed and produced, like Toxic America and uh, Sister Tempest and uh, The Demons of Grimsley County. So one uh, I really want to talk to you about is The God Inside My Ear. So we're going to talk to her about that. That's going to be interesting. And we also have Jason Horton, who is – he directs – what is your favorite kind of movies Matthias?
3: Uh, horror, of course.
2: So yeah, you and uh, Mr. Horton will have a lot to talk about because he has a few, and he is also done a lot of Bigfoot movies. Okay. So we're going to talk to him about Sasquatch and maybe Harry and Hendersons.
3: Okay, <laughs> sounds good.
2: So anyway, let's catch everybody up to what I've been going on, and then uh, we'll do a little uh, back and forth between you and I about what's going on in uh, the world. Not political, we're not going to talk about that
3: Because that will get us canceled yeah past. yeah
2: we're, we're we're no political talk on this show, however, I don't know if you know this or not, but I' have been uh fighting cancer. were you aware of this
3: uh yes you you did uh slightly talk to me about it in person, and then of course I've seen all your uh Facebook posts in regards to this kind of stuff so
2: well you know i I had a little bit of skin cancer, and mm. uh, they've uh, I've had a few different uh Operations or procedures as you can say to remove the cancer from where it was on my skin, so as yep. of right now, I have no effects of that excellent this last Friday, I was being tested for possible prostate cancer,
3: oh Jesus,
2: and what's interesting about the prostate cancer I'm not going to go into the basically to test your prostate and for that uh and colon cancer they you have to have a colonoscopy I'm not going to go into detail about. What what goes into preparation? However, as they were doing their thing, they found out I don't have any of that kind of cancer.
3: Okay, good. However, there is
2: one drawback. Oh, boy. This coming Friday, they want to test me for esophageal cancer. Jesus. And what's interesting about the reason why they're doing that is when I was 420 pounds, uh, I had acid reflux real bad. And acid reflux, of course, affects your esophagus. And when the acid uh, go backs up in your esophagus, it basically erodes the lining of your esophagus, and mm-hmm. it could end up looking like Swiss cheese. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: And they want to test that just to make sure that there's no problem there.
3: Okay. Well, at least they're being, uh, precautious in in that way. Right. And
2: the the interesting thing is, with 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 cancer, you know, you you know you you. You you know you talk about being a wrestler, Matthias, and you, know, you talk about a tough opponent. Right now, cancer is probably the toughest opponent I've ever had to face, but there's a, oh, yeah. one interesting thing about this. Cancer is not going to defeat me. I am going to give a cancer the one, two, three, throw it out of the ring, and I am going to be victorious over this thing because, yeah. as you know, I'm a fighter, and that's how we're going to do this.
3: Absolutely. Well, in regards to that, too, as I have talked about before, I'm not sure if I mentioned on the show, but I think I've told you about it. Uh, Back in 2020, I had to uh, deal with kind of the same situation where they thought I had, they actually thought I had blood cancer and uh, lymphoma. They thought I had two different, like two different types of cancer. Uh, When I went to the hospital back in June of 2020, insanely sick, I had so much wrong with me. Uh, To the point where all the procedures and everything even though I had insurance took me down to 17 grand in medical debt And that uh, that changed my life. Uh, I got like I said, I got insanely sick I was in and out of the hospital like each and every other day at at the least uh, Doing tests doing MRIs get my blood drawn. Uh, I had to do multiple cat scans Multiple i had even had a brain scan. I had a lot of stuff going on back then and it was just insane, but like one thing could go wrong in your body, and it could, And like I just went in because I had a, um, I think it was I was just feeling kind of run down. I think I I think I had like a really sore throat, or I had something like that, and all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, you've got this, 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 this is going on, this is going on, and it could just tally up, and you have absolutely no idea until they find out for you.
2: Well, I'm glad that you're able to pull out of that, um, and uh, we're going to be getting to our next guest here shortly after we do a commercial break but we're going to make a do a little quick discussion and then we'll go to our first guest now let me ask you this Matthias have you been keeping up
3: with the uh, the strike in Hollywood have you been keeping up with that um a little bit not too much um I've been really off of like digging into social media nowadays or even looking at that kind of stuff I've been so busy but I've heard a little bit about it but I don't know too much
2: well let me ask you this do you is that going to affect your life or my life
3: uh, like I said, I don't know too much about it, exactly what's going on. I don't think it will affect my life as much, but I'm, I'm hoping not. I guess we'll have to see what, what goes on in the future. I well, mean, well,
2: I'll tell you what, it is going to affect our life, and I'll tell you, here's how. I have a lot of actors and directors and actresses booked on our
3: show, correct? Oh, yes, that is right, yes.
2: And there's a lot of them that cannot be on our show because of the strike.
3: Oh, shoot. Uh-oh, okay.
2: Yeah, so I've had to scramble uh, to get replacements for those that are not able to be on with us tonight. Uh, but the main thing is when we have get uh, actors and actresses that do come on the show, we are not going to talk about it.
3: Okay, yeah, that, that, that's a smart idea, smart idea. Right,
2: so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick little commercial break here, and we'll be back after these messages. So stick with us, and our first guest will be right back after these messages. Stay with us. The new WoodSpring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size bridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Which Springs, Pizza of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle right now, the man that has been in just about every cool detective show that you could think of. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you our first guest at this time. He is our man. He is Ron Thompson.
0: Hey, hey, hey. This is Ron Thompson, and you are listening to... Attitude Era Monday, live Monday on 89.1, Ken's FM, with your host, the icon, the godmother of wrestling Granny Huckster, the big swing, and the modern nightmare, Matthias.
2: Well, hey, Ron,
0: how are you? Uh, Apparently, uh, you're
2: used to delivering lines as a given, I guess.
0: Uh, I'm sorry to say it again?
2: Well, I was going to say you're, uh, you're you you must be used to delivering lines as they're given to you.
0: <laughs> you're going to have to. Uh, I don't hear that well. You're going to have to speak up just a little bit.
2: All uh, right, Well, I'll tell you what. I will go ahead and I'll use my indoor, well, my outdoor voice because everybody always tells me to use my indoor voice, which is not speaking at all, but. We'll proceed. So, anyway, Ron, we're going to have a little fun with you here. Uh, We have Ron Thompson as our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And we have about uh, 30 minutes with our buddy here, and we're going to have some fun. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll switch it on over to Matthias, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you several questions. But first off, why don't you give us a little background about yourself?
0: You want a background about me? Yeah, Yeah. well... uh... I've I've been an actor for over sixty years. I uh I left I, I grew up in Miami and I left when I was nineteen years old with two hundred dollars in my pocket and headed for New York City to be an actor. And uh two years later I got myself a a really good part on a uh TV show called Armstrong Circle Theater. This was back, this was in 1962 before uh, video. This was live. We did it. We rehearsed it for five days and we shot it and whatever happened, happened, but it was live. And uh, I, I actually was working opposite uh, Robert uh, uh, Duvall and uh and then I had a, the, and two weeks later, I did another Armstrong. Armstrong kind of was, was like a repertory theater. If if you did it, one week you'd have a good part, and the next week you might have a smaller part. And uh, the next one, uh, Marty Sheen had a lead, and I had a smaller part, but it was a good part. And uh, then I did, I I I was at the same time I was a recording artist, and I had a couple of records out. They were good records, but nothing really happened with them. And then, but because of them, and because of my fledging uh, acting career, I, I got a, a lead in a movie that was in uh, shot in Yugoslavia, and I starred opposite uh, an Oscar winner, Hugh Griffith. And um, but, and I sang three songs in it, which, but the movie didn't turn out all that good and it was never released and I, I loughed along until nineteen sixty nine I had a a really good thing happen for me. I had a lead in a in a play uh, called No Place to be somebody. The the play won the Pulitzer Prize, the New York Drama Critics Award, the Tony Award, uh, la 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 and uh, i got really good reviews and that really got me started and uh we after i did it about a year and a half in new york we went on the road with it and i ended up in hollywood where i always wanted to be and uh eventually i started doing tv and uh and films and uh and i i uh i did a one of the films I did was called American Pop, and uh, Ralph Bakshi, who was a brilliant animator, and it was a brilliant movie. I had to, two. I played two leads. I played Tony and Pete, and it was ro- what's called rotoscoping, and uh, we um, we performed the movie on a soundstage. They filmed the entire movie in black and white because you're going to be colored later. Then each frame of the picture, 24 frames per second is blown up into a photograph. And this is back when we had animators, not computers. And the animator traced the actor and drew in the background. And what you ended up with was a, the exact tracing of the actor's emotional and physical performance. And, uh, But the movie, Columbia Pictures, didn't promote it right. And it didn't happen. It was a big bomb. And uh, so the two roles that were two of my best performances were gone unnoticed because people thought it was just a voiceover, and they didn't realize it was a tracing of my performance. And I lopped along. I did a I I had a nice little part in American Me, Eddie Almos' movie, but I wasn't working that much, and I went through a divorce, and I was kind of depressed, and I I ended up in the the late 90s dropping out, and and, uh, I went through about 15 years of just working minimum wage jobs just to stay alive and not... Really trying to get an acting job because I was kind of depressed, and a friend of mine got, gave me a computer. I got on a, I got on um, uh, Facebook, and within a week, people from all over the world had contacted me. Unbeknownst to me, the movie American Pop had become a cult classic, and mm-hmm. new people that that saw it understood what rotoscoping was. They knew what I did, and they said, we've been looking for you for years. And un- uh, suddenly I had fans all over the world, and two, two guys were independent filmmakers, and they wrote films for me, and they put me back into business. And that's kind of a short story of my, of my life. How's that?
2: Well, that's perfect. You know, I'll tell you what, uh, we have uh, Ron Thompson as our guest here on 89.1 KZFM. We've got about 25 minutes here with uh, Ron. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then uh, we'll switch over to us, and we'll come back to me. Now, what, what I'm interested in is, and we're going to talk a little bit more about American Pop in a little bit, but what I want to ask you about is being on the set of Mannix, Ironside, Cagney and Lacey, Beretta, Quincy, uh, the greatest American hero, uh, American me, deep cover. I mean, you you, you covered all you were on the set of a lot of the great TV shows back in the day. I'm just kind of curious, what was that like uh, being with Mr. Connors and uh, Mr. Burr and uh, you know all and uh, I don't know if we can talk about Beretta because of what did transpired later on, but. Uh, you know, you got to be with you got to be on set with a lot of great big uh uh detective shows back in the day. What is that like to have that on your resume?
0: Well was a, that was really good. Uh that was uh, like a beginning beginning of my career in, in Hollywood and uh Mike Connors, you know, he, he's kind of a stiff, but he was okay with me. <laughs> he was all right. right. How uh, about uh, You know what? I did two different shows for him, but I never acted with him. It was interesting. My characters didn't work with him. The only scene I ever had with him, I was dead. <laughs> so I, I, I really didn't have a have any relationship with him at all. Um, Beretta, Beretta was a big deal for me. Um, uh, Bobby Blake cast me in this part uh, it, It's kind of a story of, of uh, who you know and, and, and who you know And you better be ready When the, when the, when the opportunity shows up uh, I did a play with uh, Henry Fonda And a bunch of really big time actors And one of them was Struther Martin Do you know who that is?
2: Yes, he did a lot of uh, great movies with John Wayne. I know, I know Struther Martin very well.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Struther Martin uh, was in the play, and we became really good friends. And uh, uh, he, he was a very close friend of Robert Blake's for many years. And uh, I got a part on Beretta playing, uh, it, was a, it was a really nice part, playing a junkie. A homeless junkie, and I and I told him that I got this part. You know, I was going to be doing it next week, and then I did it, and my scene was was with Blake, and it it, it was really good. I was very pleased with it. It went so well that even the director called me up uh, about two or three days later. He saw the rushes and he told me how well it was. Meantime, a Strutter. And and Bobby went fishing. And Sugar said, you know, a friend of mine uh, just did your show. And he said, uh, uh, oh, yeah, what do he play? And he told him he played the Junkie. He said, oh, that was him? Oh, he was really good. Oh, yeah, okay. And then two days later, I get a call from Universal saying that Blake wants to talk to me. So I go to Universal, and he says, I've been thinking about having a young guy being like uh, my partner on the show, and we're going to, uh, try you out. And, uh, <laughs> and there I was. And, uh, two days later I was on the set. I had to use my own costumes cause they weren't even ready for me. I wasn't even in the script. We had to, uh, uh, uh ad lib some, some lines here and there. And then the next week I was, they wrote a part for me and, uh, and I did I did about a, a, a year on the show. And and I just want to say something about Robert Blake. You know, he's a wonderful, wonderful actor. And he was a really good person to me. He was very kind to me and very, and he was always looking out after me and, uh, uh, I don't know. I, 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 as far as that, uh, him murdering his wife and all people, even though he was acquitted for it, uh, uh, everybody believes he did it. And I, I don't know. I just don't believe he did it. But he's dead now, so what the hell? And anyway, right. So that, that was that. Uh, let me see. What else you uh, wanted to know about? Well,
2: yeah, Ron Thompson. Yes, sir. I'm going to uh, switch it over to Matthias. Hey, uh, Matthias. Uh, You know, uh, Ron Thompson was in a favorite TV show of yours. Uh, He he made an appearance on The Greatest American Hero. Sometimes I know uh, when you're in the ring, you refer to yourself as The Greatest American Hero. What do you got for our guest? Go ahead.
3: Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion and soon-to-be APW World Heavyweight champion and honorary member of the, the New order World order, order. Has been paid for by the New World Order. Matthias, welcome goodness. on to my <laughs> welcome on to my part of the program, sir. Yes, it is a pleasure being able to talk with you and stuff like that. My main question for you would be, when you when people go out on interviews, they sometimes get asked this question, and. No matter who it is, whether it be an actor, a director, an athlete, a wrestler, whatever the case may be, you always get a varied answer. So my question for you would be, who is one of your, who you would label as one of your heroes and one of your main influences that helped you lean into the career that you decided to go into and lead the path that you've been able to throughout your entire life?
0: Well, I'll tell you, that's a kind of an easy question for me to answer because, uh, I was always interested in, in being in show business and stuff. And at 13 years old, I went to a movie called On the Waterfront and I saw, and the movie, it's just the movie itself was something I'd never seen before. And Marlon Brando was just like unbelievable. And I, I just, uh, when I walked out of that movie, after seeing seeing Marlon Brando and everybody else in the movie, I said, that's what I want to do. I want to be an actor and hopefully kind of as good as Marlon. And uh, so that was it.
3: Okay. And then um, has there been anybody throughout your career that you could say, man, I wish I got to work with them? Or was there somebody that... You have, like you said, yet, or like I said, yet, been able to work with that you've always wanted to, or did you kind of get to work with your uh, your dream circle, as I sometimes like to call it?
0: Uh, well, I don't know. I, I, I after a while, I got, I got to understand that, that even Marlon was not who I thought he was, you know, and, uh, I, I didn't want to be disappointed by people. And, uh, I, I wasn't, uh, I worked with a lot of big stars. I, you know, I did a play with, with Henry Fonda, for God's sake, Uh, uh how big can you get after that? And, uh, I just, actors are different than what they play. And, uh, so I, I, I don't really have any heroes anymore. There's there's actors that I really respect. I respect uh, uh, Al Pacino. I always I always respected. I saw him in a in a play that I, uh, called this, A Tiger Wear a Necktie," that I, that he just blew me away. It was the first time I ever saw him, and uh, I actually did that play about four years later and won an award for it in. In LA, but Al Al is terrific. I really think he's really terrific. And you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of really good actors. Sean Penn, I think Sean Penn is terrific. And uh, uh, there's there's a lot of really good actors that I would love to work with. Okay, and then.
3: Okay, and then uh, you kind of already answered this question for me, uh, like, in in the answer to the second one, but was there anybody that you honestly thought, like, that you thought, oh, this is going to be awesome, I get to work with this person, and then, like, you don't have to name names or anything, but then was, like, when you actually went to, like, work with these people, you're like, man, I'm either, you either thought, man, I'll never want to work with them again, or, man, that just didn't, like, really, I didn't really like this person, or I, like, it just didn't really... You thought they were going to be good, but turns out they were, like, horrible people. Have you ever experienced something like that? Oh, yeah, yeah me but I don't,
0: want to, I don't want to mention it. <laughs> oh, no,
3: you don't have to. Like, you just, if you've ever experienced that. Like, for me, with wrestling, yeah,
0: luckily I, for me, yeah, you know, I've there never. Was some, there was somebody that I worked with. Uh, I, 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 was, I was never a big fan of this person, but uh, uh, they were just a, uh, what I would call a real cold fish. And everybody that I've talked to that, that knows them has said the same thing. <laughs> but I'd I, I, I rather not mention their name.
3: Okay, that's perfectly fine. Like I said, I never expect people to name names, especially, and with wrestling, too. You'll always find that person. You're like, hey, I don't think I ever want to work with this guy again. But luckily, I have been able to. I have not been in that situation yet, and I'm hoping I never am. But I always like to ask if somebody's ever experienced something like that.
0: You know, uh, uh, I I've worked with two different wrestlers, but but they me. were be, be, before your time. They were wrestlers in the fifties. I don't know whether you would know who they were. Uh, pretty good actors. What, uh, the really good actor, which was, was a guy named Mike Lane. Does that name sound familiar?
2: Yes. Oh yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I, I worked with him, and he was. He was a really nice guy. He, I think he died uh, a few years ago. He was a real nice man and a good actor. And I had I had actually seen he was in a movie called The Heart of They Fall with uh, Humphrey Bogart. It, it was about Primo Canary, and he played Primo. And uh, and this was when I was in in high school, and I really and then uh, back in the 70s suddenly. I'm in a movie with him, and it was a big deal for me, you know, to be working with him. And another guy, did you know, Pepper Martin, does that sound familiar?
4: Yep, absolutely. Definitely.
0: Yeah, okay. He was in the play with me with uh, Henry Fonda, and he did pretty good, too. So
5: uh,
0: uh, rushers make good actors sometimes, <laughs>
2: Yeah, Mike Lane uh, actually passed away in 2015. Uh, he actually passed away uh, June 1st of 2015. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was in a lot of good uh, movies back in the day but, uh, after his wrestling career.
5: Yeah. yeah. And what's
2: interesting is uh, he, you, and myself uh, share one thing in common. We all have birthdays in
0: January. Uh-huh. Me too.
2: Yeah, I was born the twenty seventh of January. I believe that you're is on the uh don't tell me. 31st. Uh you were born the thirty first of January in nineteen
0: forty one. Um Exactly.
2: And uh you you actually share something in common with my father. He was born in August eighth of nineteen forty one, so you and him are basically the same age. So yeah. my, my father my father knows you from uh Kegney and Lacey.
0: Oh yeah, okay. That was kind of a small part, but uh, it was okay. Yeah.
2: And of course, uh, uh, I know you. I saw you uh, in an episode of Quincy. You got to be with Jack Klugman, and also probably uh, the coolest thing is when you were on Ironside. I mean, you know, you mentioned you didn't get to work with Raymond Burr at all, but just being on the being on the show uh, and being linked to it has got to be just an awesome experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was one of my first really good parts. Uh uh it was actually the my my first really good part in in Hollywood that I did. Uh was the Ironside. side. I, I worked opposite uh Kathy Quinlan who later on uh, really did very well uh with her career and uh, uh yeah, that that was that was a big deal for me actually. And 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 the director that, on that show, he cast me in the Mannix, so it, uh, it it worked out really good for me, yeah. And Quincy,
2: Sir, I'm kind of curious. Uh, uh, Ron Thompson is our guest here on 89.1 Kent FM. We got about eleven minutes here with uh, our buddy here. I'm I'm just kind of curious now. You know, some of the, a lot of these shows are still played on TV today. Uh, do you ever flip through the uh, channel and see uh, if the episode that you're in is on TV? Do you ever stop and catch it or DVR it? Uh,
0: n- no, because like the Mannix, people tell me they've seen it, but it shows up like at about two, and, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning on this uh, Me me channel. ETV, me TV, channel.
5: Right.
0: Yeah, um, so I never watch it. And, and it's always it always shows up about uh, two o'clock in the morning, so I never see it. <laughs> yeah, that, that's now, interesting. Put- the Mannix, I'll tell you a story about the Mannix. Uh, sure. uh It was it was really the first really good part that I had on TV, uh, and uh, I was really excited about it. And you know, actors do television, hopefully that. People are going to see it and give you another job. Well, what happened was that you know this is back when it was just there was no cable or anything. All you had was your 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 network channels and
2: yeah, your uh, CBS, NBC, and maybe PBS because Fox hadn't started yet.
0: Yeah, right. And I called I called the director about a week before uh, the show came on. You know and talked to him, and he said, he said, nobody's going to see the show but your mother. He says, the sound of music is going to be playing on the other channel. (laughs) And he was right, man. Everybody wanted to see the sound of music. Nobody saw my Mannix except maybe about five or six Good friends, <laughs> so that was kind of a, a letdown for me because you know it was a really good part, and uh, and, and they didn't and they didn't replay it uh, uh, back then because it got no ratings. So I guess they thought it was not a really good show. <laughs>
2: well, you know, because... I, I myself, I I have seen that episode that you were in, uh, and the episode is actually called uh, Death Has No Face, and you were Kirk Bullard in that episode. I have seen it.
0: Right. Well, thank you. Thank you for seeing it.
2: (laughs) Right. Now, the interesting thing is now, uh, you know, you were in a lot of shows where you were in, like, one episode. Ironside, you were in two episodes. Uh, Brenna was your your most. You had six. And uh, Armstrong Circle Theater, you were in five. So, I mean, you know...
0: The- no, you know, that's, <laughs> that, that was wrong. Uh, 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 there must have been a, another actor at that time with my name because I only did two. I only okay. did two of the Armstrongs. Yeah.
2: Now, I want to ask you about... Uh, uh, and I'm going to, We're going to ask you about American Pop here in a second. We're going to go back to that. I want to ask you about some of the actors you worked with on that. Uh, but for those of you who uh, listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page... Add it to the era Monday Live Monday like that. Go to 89.1 Kansas FM page like that. Do a $10-month a donation to Power the Shower. We'll get you qualified to win the uh, autograph picture from a uh, past guest, current guest, or future guest. Uh, Ron, would you be willing to send us some autographs for giveaways?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some.
2: All right, that's cool. Now, one thing I do want to ask you about is... Uh, uh, American pop. Now you, there were a lot of cool actors in that show, like Richard Mole. What was it like working with Bull Shannon on the show?
0: Who, who'd you say?
2: Your, uh, your you uh, Richard Mole was in that series. Uh, you know, he played Bull Shannon on Night Car. What was it like being on the set with him, a big tall guy like that? You know
0: what? I, I, uh, he was on the set, but we didn't. I, I didn't really work with him, so I didn't really meet him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you
2: didn't, you didn't he did you co- get a good job?
0: No, I didn't I didn't really meet him. You know, it was interesting. You know, I did we we shot the the movie because it was it was on a it was on a sound stage. We had very little uh uh, uh, uh set. Uh, if you had to go through a to, to go into a room, there was a door but there was no wall. It was just uh, uh there's a scene where I'm on a, uh, where I'm in a, a, a cornfield. There was no cornfield. It was just it was just an, an empty soundstage because all of that was drawn in later. Uh, and because there was no set, we could shoot the film really fast. I shot all my stuff about in about eight or ten days, I think. But we moved really fast from one scene to the next. So if I didn't have a, have dialogue with a guy. I didn't have any dialogue with Richard. Uh, uh, I didn't really get a chance to talk to them or meet him so that's we were we were really working fast on that show. It so was very creative, to, though. Is
2: that, is that hard what? to do though? Since uh, you know, since they draw the stuff in later and you can't see what you're 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 looking at, you don't see it until after. After the the filming is done, is that is that hard to as an actor to play to something that's not there?
0: Uh, it's not there. What do you mean?
2: Well, you know, you you mentioned that everything was drawn in later, so it was just a wall. So you sit in front of a the wall. They they drew stuff in later. Is that hard to as an actor to? Uh, to place to a scene that's not there, where it's just a wall and you don't see it till after the, the production is done.
0: No, not really, not really. As a matter, of, a matter of fact, being not there, I have a movie right now that's on. You know what Tubi TV is? Yes. Well, I have a movie on Two B TV. It's called Cargo. It's a really good film. I'm the only actor in the movie. I have been kidnapped and held hostage in a cargo container with nothing but a cell phone. I'm the only actor on film. I had talked to people on my cell phone, but again, they're not there. (laughs) I'm talking, I'm talking to a, a a, a, a PA, a a young woman (laughs) that's just, a PA and she's just reading the lines to me, and then after I shoot all my scenes, then they bring in the actors, and they uh, that the, that are on the phone and they record their stuff, and it really sounds like I'm talking to them. But that's a, that's a movie where I'm actually working without the actors, and but I recommend you. It, I'm very proud of that film. I recommend people checking it out. It's on Tubi TV. It's called Cargo.
2: And, and the tagline is, a man, weight strapped inside a cargo container with only a cell phone and is given 24 hours by his kidnappers to raise $10 million in ransom or die.
0: Dig it. That's very interesting. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> That's it, man. Check it out. It, it's, it's, it's a pretty intense film. Uh, yeah, people seem to like it. Yeah, it doesn't. We haven't gotten a lot of. It's been out. We were we were on Amazon Prime for a couple of years, and then they moved it to Tubi, and it it hasn't gotten hardly any publicity at all. It's just been loping along. But anybody that sees it, pretty much likes it. Uh, we got some really good internet reviews and all, but uh, it's just loping along.
2: Uh, Ron Thompson, our guest here, we got about uh, two minutes. The other cool thing about that movie, Cargo, is you actually get to play your own dentist.
0: Yeah, yeah I sure did. I pulled my teeth. I pulled about ten teeth <laughs> out of my mouth. <laughs> people, people were really, uh, 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 they were really freaked out by that scene. You know? I, I had I had a good friend that she saw it and she's watching the movie. She says when that scene came up, she put it on pause and she ran into the kitchen. She said, "No, he did not do that."
2: <laughs> well, I will tell you, we, we don't want to we don't want to spoil the movie for anybody. But uh, if you ever want to see anybody be their own self dentist, check out Cargo on 2BTV with our buddy Ron Thompson. Well, I will tell you what, Ron, you have been just a treat. And if our fans want to check you out and see it, you have a Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter, or Twitch, or TikTok. How can they find you?
0: Yeah, I'm on I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Instagram is Ron Thompson Cargo, but uh, Ron Thompson is Facebook. And uh, you can uh, if if you if if I don't have a have a mutual, I, I usually don't accept people unless it's a very special thing so if you if you if you send me a thing re- uh, request say that uh, you heard uh, heard me on uh on the radio show and that, that'll perk me up a little bit and i
2: will definitely uh uh i will answer your request i just got to uh uh, I just got to cancel somebody that didn't send me a happy birthday, so I'm going to uh, unfriend them, and I'll uh, answer your friend's request. I do appreciate you, Ron. You're awesome, and thanks for taking time out of your schedule to be with us. You are the man. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I haven't been on a uh, – I've been doing a lot of podcasts, but I haven't done any radio shows in a long time, so this is this is a treat. I enjoyed it.
2: Thank you, Ron. Later. All right. Ron Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like our next guest is waiting in wings, but we need to take a quick little time out here. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us, and we will be right
3: back. So if your spring and summer projects include some concrete work, Elevated Concrete can help. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. They are ready right now for any concrete project you have. That's elevated concrete at 701-866-9018.
2: All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green and walking down the aisle, the most beautiful actress in Hollywood today. She's going to tell us all about what it's like to be the sister tempest. Ladies and gentlemen, she can also tell you about Toxic America. She's our favorite. She is Miss Michelle Rossi.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Michelle Rossi, and you are listening to the Attitude Error Monday live on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, the big swing, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Well hey
2: Michelle, how are you? Michelle Rossi is our guest here. We got uh, 30 minutes here with our guest here and we're going to have some fun here. Basically what we're going to do is I'll ask you a few questions. We'll do a roundtable, then come back to me. I'll ask you the tougher stuff, but first off, we want you to give us a little background about yourself.
1: Okay. Uh I was originally born uh up in Connecticut, uh but life it brought me down here to New Orleans, Louisiana. And uh, after working in corporate America for all of my life, uh, I went back to my passion of acting. Uh, so growing up, I was into dance and cheerleading and gymnastics. Uh, but as you know, you get older, the parents want you to have a real job. <laughs> uh, but when I got down here to New Orleans, uh, as we're known as Hollywood South, there was a lot of uh, films being produced. So a friend of mine turned me on to doing extras or background, and that reignited my passion. And I uh, started taking classes with a couple of the local coaches here in New Orleans, and I have been working uh, with independent films, uh, short films, student films, over the last several years. Uh, I probably have about 25 films to my credit. I've done some theater work as well with the company um, in St. Bernard Parish, and uh, I've also done a few commercials that y'all may have seen, one of them uh, most dear, near and dear to my heart with uh, the now-retired Drew Brees.
2: Oh, well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, I'm, we don't want to get into uh, uh, sports talk here because, uh <laughs> You know, uh, Matthias and myself, we are Viking fans here, and we will never forgive New Orleans uh, for the 2009 season.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, we won't talk sports. No worries. <laughs> I was but I'll tell you a what, American though. Uh, I will say this, though.
2: We, we did get you guys back with the Minneapolis Miracle, so we're even.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why it's like we want to talk sports.
2: <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, Michelle Rogers is our guest here. We've we got about uh, 25 minutes unless she hangs up on us before that. But I want to ask you about a few of your films, and then uh, we'll go to Matthias and we'll come back to me. Now, you've uh, been on uh, the TV show Toxic America. What, what, uh,
1: How did you get hooked up with that? Uh, That was produced by uh, a friend of a friend, who is now a friend of mine, Uh, Sean. uh, I've done a a few things with him. He's a local actor and producer, writer, director. Uh, So, yeah, the wonderful world of Facebook. You know, you connect. uh, The community here is pretty small. So uh, once you get to uh, know some of the folks, uh, if they like you, they bring you back. (laughs)
2: And you've also done a, a cool thing, probably one of my favorite roles that you did. Uh, you played an ear doctor in, the, in uh, the movie called The God Inside My Ear. Uh, I believe that was your, was that your first big role?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that was uh audition I worked with with a friend of mine who uh, we were in acting class together. And he was a huge help, uh, my friend Craig. And we had fun with the audition, and yeah, I booked the role, and I met uh, Joe Badon and his whole uh, crew, and I've worked now on all three of his films, uh, and another uh, one that he's helped produce uh, most recently. But yeah, The Air Doctor was quite interesting. Uh, We... Uh, I met them over in Slidell uh, at the, the movie, the old movie place you see when you get off. If those of you that are out here in New Orleans uh, would understand. Uh, but, yeah, we filmed it that day. Uh, Joe threw some crazy lines at me about being Little Red Riding Hood and peeling back um, the, the skin to see inside the grandmother. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of hooked. Uh on that genre and working with Joe and um, his his DP Daniel and editor Joseph and and that whole uh, crazy crew they're beautiful people and every time uh, there's always just more surprises and more fun to be had.
2: <laughs> now you yeah correct me if I'm wrong on this but one of the most amazing features about you is your intoxicating smile would you agree?
1: Um, I think my two orthodontists and my parents' uh, dental bills would totally agree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you know it's funny. I mean, we're uh, the, our last guest. We're talking about him uh, pulling ten teeth out with a uh, with the pliers, and uh, you're talking about having yours fixed. That's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that yeah, that is funny. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I like to smile uh, sometimes you know, we get critical of ourselves and I think my smile's too big. Uh, sometimes I have been told to tone it down, especially when you're doing photos or, you know, obviously you're filming. But yeah, I think it brings joy. I find, uh, especially walking down the street, I always make eye contact with people and give them a smile and a hello. And, and I've watched it kind of change their their moods and attitudes. So, you know, it's always, it's always nice to be kind and And if your smile can change someone's day, then all the better.
2: Uh, Michelle Rossi is our guest here. We've got about 20 minutes here with Michelle. I'm going to pass over to Matthias in a second because one thing about uh, one of the movies that you did that Matthias really, really wants to talk to you about, The Demon of uh, Grimsley County is one of his favorites, and he's going to talk to you about that. So, Matthias, uh, go ahead. What do you got for our guest, Michelle Rossi? Go ahead.
3: Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team Champion, and soon to be once again reigning, defending, and undisputed APW, World Heavyweight Champion, and honorary member of the The following
4: announcement has been paid for by the New World Order.
3: Welcome onto my part of the program. Um, My main question to you would be, and I I ask this through a lot of our guests, but I like getting the varied answers that I do. So when people go out to do interviews, and sometimes this question comes about, sometimes it doesn't, but no matter if it's an athlete or an actor or a director or a baker or a whatever, you're always going to get a varied answer to this question. So my main question to you would be is, Who would you say is one of your personal heroes and one of your main influences that kind of lurched you into the, or pushed you into the career choice that you have throughout your entire life?
1: Ooh. um,
2: Now that's a loaded question.
1: Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's pretty deep for a Monday night. Uh, As far as the act, and oh actually probably overall um, my two aunts never married and they they lived across the street from me growing up and uh, my Aunt Mary was known to uh, bust out singing opera and she was always very uh, outgoing very silly always did little characters was a huge fan of Carol Burnett and I spent a lot of time over there and I, I I channel her a lot, uh, especially when it came to getting back into acting, uh, and I kind of can feel her spirit with me. Uh, I have all of her opera records, and uh, I still have a record player that I can play them on. So she really was always a free spirit. She, I think uh, all the gentlemen in the church couldn't wait for her to come with her Easter outfit on. She was always dressed to the nines um always you know would spend money on outfits and my other aunt who lived on um, the same house with her was the complete opposite and uh they were kind of like the female odd couple so uh i think both of them really were a great influence on me but i'd have to say uh my aunt mary was definitely the one when it comes to uh just being silly and being yourself and and dance like no one's watching uh i would have to give her a lot of the credit <laughs>
3: Okay, and then is there somebody in your career field that you haven't had an opportunity to work with yet that you like, it would be like your legit dream to work with? Like if you could work with anybody out in the world besides me, of course, who would it be and why?
1: <laughs> Ooh, the list is long. Um, Kate Hudson would probably be. Uh, it would be Kate Hudson, Reese Witherspoon, and, um, oh my gosh, Meryl Streep would be, if I could have that trifecta, I would be in heaven (laughs) as far as female actresses. Uh, They're just such strong, empowering women, if I could speak. Uh, Reese obviously has her uh, production company now as well. Uh, Kate, I believe, has her own uh, liquor brand, and then Meryl is just Meryl. I mean, she's beautiful. She's been around for forever. She's strong and has done so many different characters um, and brought so many different uh, people's stories to life. How can you not love those three? <laughs> okay, and yeah, and I, then... well, actually, I go ahead. Say I was on on set with Reese Witherspoon, um, I was background, and so I just got to see her from afar, but to actually act across from her would definitely be a dream come true.
3: Awesome, and then, and I like to ask this question out of guests, too, because me being a wrestler, you know, you get to work with so many different people, so many different promotions for wrestling-wise, and you get to work in so many different places and meet so many new people. Is there somebody out there, and you don't have to name any names or anything, but have you ever had the experience of being in your head like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome, I get to work with this person, I think we're going to do great, and I think they're going to be amazing, and then all of a sudden you get there and they're just like the worst person ever? Have you have you ever really been disappointed by somebody who you thought was going to be a nice person, it was just turned out to be you know, a rude person or anything like that? Have you ever been let down by somebody that you've always wanted to work with? And I know you say me, but we haven't worked together yet. <laughs>
1: um, I'm happy to say that that has not happened to me yet, although I'm sure they say never meet your idols, right? Um, but, no, thankfully i have not. Sorry, I have no good stories. <laughs> Otherwise, I can make one up, I'm sure. Uh, I actually being kind of a little bit with the wrestling world I was out in California this is many years ago and heard a woman speaking behind me and it was China and I, I my sister was big into wrestling I lived with her for a year so I got to know a little bit about it um and I turned around and I waited kind of for her to finish eating and then approached her and she was lovely Her and her manager were really nice. They were happy that I respected their time while they were eating. Um, So, yeah, she actually took a picture with me, which I was able to send to my sister and rub it in. Uh, But, no, I mean, thankfully people have been super super accommodating and lovely, and I've not been disappointed, and I probably just jinxed myself by saying that. (laughs) Uh, we, uh, We need to take a
2: quick little time out. We'll be right back after these messages, so stick with us.
4: You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM KNNZ FM Holly Fargo-Moorhead Independent public radio For Fargo-Moorhead And the Valley Also on the web At www.kensfm.com
2: Now both of Matthias and myself become, uh, You know coming from The wrestling world And you got to Hang out and meet And take a picture With Joni Lauer China That had to just Been an experience.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, I got to say, my friend and I were sitting at the bar, and they were, like, behind us, and we were the only ones out on the patio. So I was totally eavesdropping on the conversation um, in a very, you know, nonchalant way. But the whole time, I'm, like, texting my sister, and I was like, who's the, you know, I was like, the wrestler, I couldn't think of her name. Like, Like I said, I apologize. I had just, you know, I was just getting into wrestling, watching it with while I was living with my sister and I knew the voice I just couldn't think of her name um I was like I'm pretty sure it's her like that voice is pretty distinct and uh yeah they they were you know super friendly um and it was just so casual I'm like how are we the only ones out here with them you know it was you know just uh serendipity, if you will, that it was only the four of us out on this patio, so uh, yeah, she was a hoot. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh,
2: one thing that, uh, it, you know, is pretty cool, and we get a lot of our information from uh, 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 imdb.com, and not that I'm bragging, but I actually have a page now on imdb.com, and I'll uh, post that link up so everybody can go uh, and check it out, because as you know, uh you have been one of my inspirations, uh, and I'm glad that uh, you're with us tonight. We have, uh, well, we have we have a good amount of time left. We have about uh, 12 minutes here left with you. One what, what of the one uh, of the other questions I want to ask you about uh, from your uh, past projects uh, and uh, your demo reel. There's uh, one scene that I, I'm kind of curious about where uh, you're kind of like. Uh, you, you're wearing dark clothes. You have a, uh, a uh, like a dark hat on, and you got like uh, eye black, and you like sneak into a pet door. Uh, well, I'm <laughs> kind of curious about that. Could you talk tell us about that?
1: Yes, uh, that was actually a film done for the Easter Seals Disabilities Challenge, and it was directed by uh, Nicholas Parsons. And, um, uh, I got to co-star with a good friend of mine, Christina. And yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, they, they kind of proposed, you know, what they wanted to do and it had of course rained. So it was like super muddy and we're getting the shot set up for me to crawl. We're breaking into the house to get her ring back from her sister is the premise of the, the story <laughs> of the short. And I'm like, we got this. You know, so, yeah, we go. Leading up to that, you just see us from the, you know, the cameras in the house catch us on film trying to break into this house, and I, like, stick my head through this door, and there's a dog. Well, while we were filming this, I what we didn't realize is in front of the door were fire ants, and we realized it pretty quickly. <laughs> Uh, when I disturbed them, so it was uh, a fun time. Uh, we avoided; I didn't get bit. We, we kind of had to wait till uh, those calmed down, and we got rid of them. They were not hurt in the process. Well, maybe a couple were with that shovel. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and um, I, I'm hoping it may still. It's called a mother's ring. I don't know if it's still out there online, um, but there is. I do end up in the pool at one point, falling into the pool or running <laughs> into the pool. So yeah, it was, now, my, it was the first comedic uh, show movie that I've ever done, and I had a blast. I I definitely love uh, the freedom that comes with doing a comedy.
2: Well, you know, there's a couple other things on uh, IMDb that I want to ask you about. A couple pictures that uh, I'd like to ask you about. Uh, there's one, I believe. Um, I can describe it for you. You're wearing white, and uh, on your on your costume says BTC, and you're like all painted up.
1: Yes, um, that is beyond the canvas. It was a body paint competition out in San Antonio, Texas, that I uh, had the privilege of going out and participating in. Uh, so that was. Uh, Design done by two artists. Uh, one is known from Skin Wars, Robin Slovena and uh, Muna Jin. Uh, and I'm probably, she's going to kill me because I'm probably not pronouncing her last name right. And we kicked off their opening night of the body paint competition. And, oh, God, there was probably 20 uh, body paint artists and models. And I actually was able to fill in that next day. Uh, someone had lost their model, and I was able to work with a lovely group out of, I think she's from Florida, uh, ABC Painting. Uh, it was a few years now, and uh, it's it's a wonderful art. Uh, obviously, the the stuff that they can do with special effects makeup, that was actually mostly tissue paper, uh, but it's body painting is truly a, a wonderful art. Uh, we actually have, I've worked with a local artist here, Craig Tracy, who is also on Skin Wars. Um I actually just did a print with him. It's called Shangri-La. Uh, you can buy it. You can go online, Craig Tracy uh, Art Gallery. Um, yeah, and I've, I've done a, a few different projects with him and it's a, it's hard. I mean, with the body paint competition, you go out and you know, they they judge the the artists and then we get to go out on stage and we're I was able to uh do a little bit of a dance and that headpiece was not light, let me tell you. <laughs> um that I had the following day, I don't I think I have that picture up there as well.
2: And, uh, uh, yeah. Where, well, like, the spider web is behind you, and you've know, you got, got, like, cartoon characters on your legs. Is that the one you're talking about?
1: Yeah, and it's from a movie, and I'm blanking uh, on it, so I do apologize. <laughs> I'll apologize to um, – oh, I, it's, the name is escaping me. It's based on – Oh, I can't think of the movie. If you look really close to the face, if you know the movie, you will, uh, you may be able to help me out here.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm just very curious, you know, you, you mentioned that it was, it was, you know, it was beyond the canvas and it's, it's all body paint. So let me ask you this, what, 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 do you have to get there like four in the morning for them to like, like paint you all up and everything or, uh, how long are you in, uh, in like a makeup chair or standing up while they're painting you?
1: Um, Each, well, the body paint competition, there is a time limit and I believe that one was six hours uh, with maybe a 15-minute break.
0: So, So, yeah,
1: it's a long day.
0: (laughs) And when you're wearing
2: body paint, is there like, a certain way you have to walk so that the paint doesn't crack? or do they use like special paint so that it doesn't like you know uh bunch up and stuff as you're walking all over or do they like carry yeah. you out to the set so you don't have to move
1: um no it it, it is pretty quickly drying uh but you definitely don't want to eat or drink a lot because there's obviously certain things you don't want to do to deter the paint if you get my meaning. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, no, you, I mean, usually you have uh, like a thong bottoms on and, and a top, uh, and they paint over that as well. Uh, but it's, yeah, they airbrush. There's airbrush paints. There's different types of paints, and I'm definitely not an expert on it. Um, I would definitely say you can go and watch Skin Moors um uh to find out more about body painting uh it was a competition they had uh but yeah it's it's definitely a long process there's a lot of standing the artists are very respectful um to try and they try and give the models uh, you know breaks to fit when possible now when
2: uh now is this something that uh you, you, you do every year or was that just like a one time deal? Uh,
1: for me it was a one time deal. I had uh some of the crew that ran uh beyond the canvas was I got to meet through Craig Tracy's gallery and uh that was I think I don't remember how many years they were running it, but then obviously COVID hit and um I've not gotten a chance to go back out there. Uh, I, I think they have kind of put it on hold. They were trying to figure things out once we came back from COVID. Um, I was able – there's also another competition that is part of the Arnold Classic in Columbus, Ohio, and that's uh, Jantana's body paint competition um, as well. And I know that happens every year in Columbus, Ohio. Um, So another opportunity for folks to see these amazing body paint artists um, out there, you know, Uh, creating these work, living uh, works of art.
2: (laughs) uh, Michelle Rossi is our guest here. We've got about uh, four minutes left, so we don't uh, forget this. If... if you go to our Facebook page, as you era Monday Live Monday like that. Go to eighty nine point one cast FM page like that. Do a ten dollar month donation to follow the tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from past guests, current guests or future guests. And Michelle, would you be willing to send us a few for giveaways?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, I can definitely send you a few giveaways.
2: All right. And I then, can uh, uh, the other
1: thing. print up a couple of these these uh photos we were talking about.
2: All right. I, I would love to, if you could autograph a picture to the icon with that, uh, like that Spider-Man looking costume thing, that would, that, that, that's just, that just blows me away. Uh, that's one of the big hair piece you were talking about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I will actually write down what the, the movie was that it was from. Is it Cor, uh, Coraline, I think it was? All it right. And I'll then... figure it out. <laughs>
2: And then so we so we don't forget this, if our fans want to check out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, or Twitter, or Twitch, or
1: TikTok, what do you got? Uh yes. My Instagram is the Michelle Rossi and that's M I C H E L E, last name, R O S S I, with the word the in front of it. And I believe that's also my TikTok uh, as that... well. Uh no, actually it's my TikTok is at Mishke forty three, so that's M I C H K I E and the number forty three.
2: And the other cool thing I was going to ask you, I'm, I'm sure you must be aware of this, but uh, on IMDB they have they actually have your uh, email address posted there.
1: They do. <laughs> sure. Uh, you, oh, you weren't aware of that? Uh, no, I, I did know that. Once I was like, wait a minute, yeah, it's out there.
2: Okay. All right. I I was just wondering if you knew that, because if if your email address is out there and you wonder why you're getting all these emails, well, it's because you're on the show. Now you get all these emails, but, uh, you know, if they put your email on imdb.com and you're aware of it, you're like, it is.
1: (laughs) I think actually it's on my, I know it's on my reel at the end of my reel. It's on there as well, but I've got to have all these producers and directors to be able to, you know, contact me.
2: Right. And I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we only have a couple minutes here left with you, Michelle. But I'll tell you what: I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule uh, to be with us tonight. And uh, we, you know, I understand everything is uh, everything is cool between you and I. And I'll stop calling you at two in the morning, like I, you know, like I'll stop doing. I promise you that. Uh, but I, I do appreciate you still taking my calls, and uh, I do uh, also on your friendship. And I want to thank you for being with us tonight because you are just awesome, and I thank you.
1: Thank you. I want to uh, thank you as well for having me on. And I do want to uh, hopefully people will support uh, SAG after our actors are on the picket lines as we speak, as well as our Writers Guild of America. Uh, There's a lot of stuff going on in that industry. And uh, please educate yourselves on what actors and writers are asking for from uh, those in the corporate America uh, we we bring art to everyone, and, uh, you know, we deserve to be able to feed our children and, and pay for a roof over our heads. So uh, please go out and support uh, your fellow actors and uh, writers if you can.
2: And I'll tell you what, we'll definitely do that. And uh, when all that stuff is said and done, maybe you could uh, come back and we could uh, talk more about some other stuff.
1: Yes, that would be lovely. Thank you so much.
2: All right, we love you. Take care. Have a good night. Thank you.
1: All right, you as well. Stay safe, y'all.
2: All right, Michelle Rossi, ladies and gentlemen, man, that was awesome. Homatized. Huh, yeah, that definitely was an interesting interview, as always. All right, so now we're just waiting for our next guest, uh, Mr. Horton, and uh, he goes by Jay Horton, and I can't wait to talk to him. Hopefully, he will be calling in. If not, uh, the last forty-five minutes of the show. Oh, there he is, right there. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick little break again, and we will be back after this. So stay with us for these messages. We will be right back.
4: As you know, 89.1 KENS FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor KENS FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Kenz FM.
2: And we are live here on 89.1 Kenz FM, because stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, our final guest of the night, and he's going to tell us all about Bigfoot. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jason
5: Horton.
6: Hey, this is Jay Horton. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live on 89.1 Kim's FM, with your host, the icon, godmother of wrestling, Granny Holster, the big swing, and the modern nightmare, Matthias.
2: All right, so uh, should we uh, refer to you as Jay or Mr. Horton, or how should we refer to you?
6: Um, You can call me Jason. I go by Jay professionally. Like uh, when I'm credited on a movie, it'll say Jay Horton. But uh, Jason's fine.
2: All right. Uh, And I I should say this, but of course – uh, when I was a kid, my favorite Jay Horton was actually Johnny Horton. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're, we're going to have some fun with you. We've got about uh, 38 minutes here with you. We're going to go over uh, all aspects of uh, your career and what you're doing. I'm going to ask you a few questions, then we'll do a roundtable. We'll go to Matthias and we'll come back to me. But first off, if you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll have
6: some fun with the interview. Go ahead. Sure, man. Uh, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I graduated film school back in 2003, I made my first movie that summer, uh, Rise of the Undead. Um, Sold that to a DVD distributor, you know, hit blockbuster and all those. So then I moved to L.A. I got my second movie soon after that, Edges of Darkness. And then I started getting hired to direct a bunch of movies. And a few years after that, moved into documentaries. And now I'm back doing narrative features again. Um, pretty much all independent stuff, you know, budgeted anywhere from $500,000, about the most expensive I've ever done, all the way down to a couple thousand dollars.
2: That's awesome. And uh, you've also uh, done a, uh, a few different books too, have you not?
6: Um, no, I have not re- written any books. I, I run a YouTube channel and I do a lot of distribution and marketing uh, f- uh, filmmaking videos. Um, I had talked about doing a book, a uh, compilation of those videos that I'd done for a long time, but I, I never ended up doing it. All right.
2: Well I'll tell you what, we're gonna we're gonna talk to you about uh, some of your projects and then uh we'll uh we'll go to uh Matthias and we'll come back to me. One of the things that I'm kinda interesting to talk to you about is uh it seems like you like to do a lot of movies about Bigfoot.
6: Uh tell us about <laughs> that. Yeah. Um Honestly, you know, as documentary stuff, I I just like to do subjects that I'm, like, kind of interested in, and I'm not so much a Bigfoot fanatic myself, but I'm really fascinated by the people that are, you know, like, the the passion behind it, you know, and, like, the, the sheer amount of work and dedication they take into it you know i don't like to make documentaries that you know poke fun or make fun of people i I like to really like give people a platform and a voice to talk about subjects that they're interested in so bigfoot was just is just one that always resonated and uh it's been one of the most fun ones to put together
2: and then uh before uh before you're done with the interview here uh uh, I'm going to try and uh, get a job on your next project, but we'll talk about that in a second. Now, one sure. of what, what the one uh, uh, of the first things that uh, you know, you've also done a lot of stuff uh, dealing with uh, animals, cats and dogs. Uh, that's also another passion of yours, isn't it?
6: Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I've always been an animal lover, and, and again, I like I said, I love doing documentaries about people that are really passionate about what they do. So, one of the first uh, documentaries I ever did was on a dog rescue called Rescue Me Home for Spot. And, you know, it was this woman, she was an uh, uh, exotic dancer um, for most of her life. And uh, she retired, um, you know, took her money, opened up a dog rescue. And it was just, uh, you know, I went down there, stayed with her for a few days, interviewed her, um, the people that she worked with, you know, shot the dogs. It was just, it was really cool. You know, and I, I did another one about uh, Alpine Zoo and uh, Big Bear. You know, it's a high-altitude al- high zoo. And it's, it's just it's fascinating. I, I love animal stuff. Uh,
2: Jay Horton's our guest here. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got 35 minutes here with our guest. And uh, I'm going to ask you a few more questions, and uh we'll uh, go over to Matthias, and I'll have him ask you about one of his favorite movies that you've done. But uh, now when you're uh, – when you're doing your projects and you decide that you're going to do like this subject or this subject, uh, do people come up to you and say, Hey, maybe you could do a project about this, or I have an idea about this. Is is that, is that basically how it goes? Or do you just like, uh, uh, pick up stuff like reading the newspaper, stuff like that? Um,
6: yeah. I mean, initially it started out, um, just stuff I was like interested in, you know? So, like I said, I had the connection to the dog rescue people. Um, I had a friend who actually has a YouTube channel about Bigfoot called Matt Squatch. Um, So I did, uh, I had, you know, interviewed him and did a documentary on that and then met some people through him and, you know, did other Bigfoot documentaries. Um, I was interested in uh, ufology. So I went to a UFO convention and, you know, I uh, just basically bum rushed some people at the convention and talked them into doing interviews. Um, and, And, and then, you know, you do it over a number of years and, you know, it's, you also look at it as a business, and, you know, I look at which documentaries are doing better. So, yeah, I'm doing better on paranormal stuff, UFOs, uh, Bigfoot, cryptids, um, some of the animal stuff does well. You know, so I try to do similar projects to those in order to keep making money, and then, you know, I'll experiment on new subjects a few times a year.
2: Well, you know, with that being said, you know, like I mentioned, you know, you did a lot of movies about Bigfoot and you've done a lot of UFO stuff and animal rescue stuff. Now, let me ask you this. As you're doing these projects and you're talking to these people, would you consider yourself kind of like becoming an expert on these certain subjects because of all the films that you've done on them?
6: You know, I I really wouldn't. Um, You know, when I was younger, I probably retained stuff better. But uh, now uh, it's a little bit in one year and out the other. Once the project's done for me, I mean I, I'm I'm better informed on it than I was when I started, I suppose. But and and I also I tend to not, uh, you know, it's not a factual like journalistic approach. You know, a lot of the documentaries I'm doing, I'm I'm doing a documentary on individuals' takes on the subject, as opposed to like maybe a factual exploration of it. So I also don't take everything I hear for, you know, gospel. Well,
2: that's cool. Now, I want to introduce you to Matthias. Now, Matthias, he's a resident wrestler, and uh, he also was a football player. One of uh, the projects that you did that he really enjoyed that he wants to talk about, uh, the movie that Mm -hmm. you did called... Love and football, married to a baller, and uh, I know that he's got some questions about that because he was wondering why uh, you didn't do, uh, why you didn't cast him in the film as like a defensive end or something. So uh, go ahead, Matthias, what do you got?
3: Well, I wouldn't declare myself really a baller, but yes, I have played football, and I am a champion there. And speaking of champion, I am the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed NSC World Tag Team champion, and soon to be, once again, your reigning, defending, and undisputed ATW World Heavyweight Champion and honorary member of I'm the new has been paid for by the New World Order. The New World Order, Matthias. Welcome to my part of the program. Uh, yes, Icon did kind of mention how I'm a big fan of films and stuff like that, and I have been. Uh, I have played football, so I'm surprised why you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't cast me in the football roles or anything. Um, but my main question to you would be: Is what is one of your favorite genres of film? What is one genre that always sticks out to you that you would always love to watch?
6: Um, you know, as a as a film watcher, uh, my tastes are really broad. You know, so like I as a kid I started out liking, you know, action and, you know, horror stuff. Uh my mom really uh got me into romantic comedies when I was younger. Um, so like I've always watched even to this day, you know, just a variety of stuff. Um, as a filmmaker I cut my teeth doing um uh horror. So, like, I have a real soft spot for horror movies. And, um, you know, I've done a, you know, a bunch of stuff, but horrors are great.
3: Excellent. So now that we're going to talk, now that we got the opportunity, we'll talk about horror real quick. So my another question I like to, I like to ask is um, what would one of, if, since horror is something we're going to talk about now, what is one of your favorite subgenres of horror, whether it be thriller, like paranormal or slashers, what would you say is one of your favorites? Gotcha.
6: Well, I really like monster movies, and I also really like uh, when they kind of mix up horror movies with, like, crime thrillers, you know, kind of like uh, okay. you know, like From Dust Till Dawn did it, you know? And uh, mm. I also like isolationist kind of horror movies, like The Thing. You know?
3: Okay, cool. So we do have a similar thing. For me, uh, slashers are my favorite
6: because
3: oh, yeah. uh, I've loved uh, my first ever film I ever got to see when I was younger in the horror genre was of course uh, 1996 Wes Craven's Scream and it became Mm. my favorite horror film of all time Um, as of right now it still is and because it's just something I grew up on with the series so I've seen all six films and and stuff like that so um, is in another question you would be is there been a series of horror films whether it be The Thing or a slasher marathon or something like that that you could say could have died before it, like, while it was ahead? Or do you think that <laughs> anyone and everyone could jump out and make a remake of a film? Like, for instance, and I'll give an example. I think yeah. that a lot of the series should have died out before they could, before they continue making it. Like, I think uh, Chucky, uh, the Child's Play series, could have ended at number three, and then if they wanted to stick around the horror, they could have done that. Uh, definitely, in my opinion should not have made the 2010 reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street, only because Mm. Robert Englund is the only Freddy Krueger for me. And Jason, Jason Jason-wise, I liked his films. Uh, I thought, I think that one kind of could have stuck through a little bit. And then, I mean, the 2009 reboot wasn't terrible. I liked how they took the Jason character, but we haven't seen Mm. anything since. So I don't know if they're just going to be like, ah, you know, we're done with that. But for you, has there been a series that you say could have quit while it was ahead, per se?
6: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think there's several that is, you know, that that peter out when they get into their later numbers. You know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, once it got past, was it past four? Like, those last couple ones were pretty bad, except for New Nightmare. So, like, you know, it kind of got bad, but then they kind of redeemed themselves with New Nightmare. Um, Friday the 13th, uh, ah, man, that, that's probably my, my overall favorite series. So like, I like that pretty much all the way through. There's a couple of clunkers, but, um, you know, Halloween, I mean, I, I, I probably would have stopped around, uh, well, I love three, probably would have stopped at four. Um, I, I do, I do kind of like the the newest uh, trilogy. The last one wasn't very good, but I liked uh, Kills and uh, the, the other one, the 2018. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's pretty much what, I, what you think of Hellraiser. I think those all got really bad after the third one.
3: I was gonna say I completely agree with you, especially when you said Halloween. It made me think about it because I absolutely despise the last film. I mean, yeah. granted, it was the final ending, but, my God, they, they could have made it so <laughs> much better. They could have made, like like in wrestling, for instance, I'll compare this to a wrestling match. So, yeah. I've been in the world of wrestling for 10 years now. I've been, a, I've been a wrestler for 10 years. I've been a fan for as long as I can remember, and mm-hmm. the main goal for the main event match is you build it as much as you can so the people are the most excited to see that big fight and see the conclusion yeah. of the big match for the big belt or whatever the case it may be. And then you get Lori and Michael ever since number one, and then they go <laughs> number two, they don't have them in number three, so you have to wait, and then number four, they go a different route, number five, so we never even got the Lori. The Lori thing. We never did. And then they finally, I believe, came back with H2O, which made yeah. her older, and she changed her name, which was okay, and then they did number five, um, or then they went to, like, all the way to, like, Resurrection and stuff like that, and it was like, yeah, okay, yeah. where are you going with this? And then they're like, oh, we'll reboot this in 2007 as Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I'll say, like, I didn't mind those films. Those were I okay. Either- the number 2 yeah. the number 2 rob zombie i didn't like as much and then they're like oh we'll go to 2018 and then we'll continue the original story and it's like okay okay cool 2018 was good then they went to kills which was okay is michael finally going to you know die and then he all of a sudden becomes unstoppable and kills a and kills a horde of 30 people beating him up at the same time. I'm like, okay, what the heck, you know? And then they're like, okay, (laughs) this is the end. Halloween end. Because what I didn't appreciate is going into Halloween Kills, they had already made a poster for Halloween end, so you knew Michael wasn't even going to die in the last one. So you're like, okay, I'll wait till end. And then you're like, finally, we get this big fight. And all of a sudden, it's this new kid beats up Michael, takes his mask, Michael finally comes back. And they have a squash match. And it takes less than, like, three minutes, and Michael is dead. And it was just like, well, after all those years, for (laughs) 40-plus years, we've been waiting to see the big-time fight, and we got a clunker. And it was just a big disappointment. Just a huge disappointment.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, and then in continuation, um there are a lot of people that watch horror films and really enjoy horror films. Sometimes people will have a movie that no matter how old they are, no matter how long they've watched horror films and stuff, will always have one movie that will get to them in one way or another. Is there, has has there been a movie that you've been able to watch that, you know, that there has a moment, whether it's like a kill or a jump scare or a moment that you were not really ever expecting that, will always get to you no matter
6: how old you get when you watch it? Yeah, there uh there's a couple. Um one is the uh speaking of jump scares, is the uh the hallway uh uh nice shear scene in Exorcist three. Uh the 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 guy's walking down the hospital and the chick comes out behind him with the giant gardening shears. That always like that still makes me jump and I know it's coming and it still makes me jump. Um and uh then just, just as far as like being able to rewatch a movie, something that affected me a lot and I was I still get that same sense of joy is a uh, Return of the Living Dead. Um, saw that when I was a kid and then uh I just rewatched it a couple days ago and like it, it felt just the same. Yeah. You
3: know? Okay, cool. And then uh so I'll give and then I'll give my example here before I move on. So I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with the Hatchet series at all. Okay, so you one that, like, I, I never get scared by horror films. I never really get grossed out. I never really get, like, oh, my God, you know, like, that's gross or that always makes me get scared. No. But one kill that will always make me cringe is from the original film Hatchet when they mm. first meet Victor Crowley and it's the elderly yeah. couple and it's mm. the, the woman of the elderly couple when Victor runs up behind her, puts his hands in her mouth and just basically yeah. rips her head in half from the jawbone. Because, <laughs> like, yes, when, you know yes. like when you get locked jaw and your your jaw locks up and it hurts so much and you got to, like, put it back into place? Yeah. Well, he just went all out and ju- and you could see the cheeks ripping and it's just like, ah, that just, it makes me, like, the effect on it just makes me cringe just a little bit every time I'm like, ah, it's like I, I can feel that, especially because I'm a wrestler. And when they do, uh, like, the mandible claw on me or they, like, do a submission where they're, like, ripping at my mouth, it's like, ah, I can just feel the tearing, and it's just, yikes. But
6: Yeah, we, but, did, yeah. A, uh, we did a kill in Craving where uh, we split a guy's head open from the top and, you know, split it open in half, and that was uh, an homage to the uh, the kill in uh, Hatchet.
3: Oh, yes, yes, okay, okay, yeah. cool, yeah. yeah. And the one thing I will always... I will always honor the Hatchet series for it, in my opinion. And the one thing I like about horror movies is you don't have to have 30 kills in your film. As no. long as there's I, – I, I will take four deaths in a film as mm-hmm. long as they're creative and, the, and, like, they're different. Like, I mean, of course in Scream, you're always going to get stabs. When you're in Halloween, you're going to get stabs. When you're watching Texas Chainsaw, it's going to be with the chainsaw. Or whatever right. the case may be. Whereas, like, Jason every so often would change up his kills, like how he would do it. But, like, yeah. Victor Crowley, everybody, like, died in a different way. Whether it be by crushing mm. or stabbing or beating or whatever. Case. So it was just, like, it was intriguing. And there wasn't, like, many deaths but they were definitely graphic and creative. And that's what I always appreciate, especially when it comes yeah. to the effects of the film. Cause for me, mm-hmm. one of my favorite effects artists is Tom Savini from his zombie yeah. films and from Jason and from Victor Crowley and stuff like that. So who would you say is one of your favorite FX artists?
6: Um, I, I would say Tom Savini. Uh, I like Robert Kurtzman or Kurtzman. I'm talking about the walking dead guy now. Um, uh gosh i'm bad with names um uh uh, uh robo um the the thing and yep. uh of course yep. uh robert bravo uh on an independent level and he
3: does all of my movies okay cool and then um so how difficult has it been for you throughout your career like it, has it been has there been like some ups and downs or like with how COVID has been going and like all this stuff, like throughout the past, has it been difficult to be a independent filmmaker or has it been oh,
6: yeah, like, yeah, Oh no. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely uh, a difficult uh, profession. I, I always tell younger people when they're coming in, you know, if you're really passionate about it and love it, do it. But if you can be happy doing anything else, do, do something else. That's like, you know, that's more stable. That's regular. Um, you know, now, I've had uh, I've had great years, and I've had really lean years. Uh, you know, ups and downs all the way through the career.
2: Now, as an independent film director, you don't have to worry about all the the strike stuff going on, now, do you? Or do you? Is that affecting you?
6: Um, you... Well, yeah, no, I can talk about it. Um, so like the problem with where I'm working right now, like I I'm prepping a movie at the moment, and it's not like a giant budget movie, but it, it's a couple hundred thousand and you know i'm trying to attach uh some celebrity talent and some of that talent is union so like even to get somebody signed on even once the strike is over right now is difficult so like i'm still at a point where i'm trying to raise more money for my movie but i can't and i need stars to raise that more money but i can't necessarily get the stars to commit while the strike's going on so that that's that's a little difficult um, but, you know, if it, if it wasn't union work, it wouldn't be hard at all.
2: Well, you know, with that being said, uh, if, uh, you know, Matthias and I, we were kind of talking about this, you know, Matthias uh, and I, because of this show, have uh, got, uh, are getting the opportunity to be in a couple uh, films and some other projects if uh we wanted to come work for you what would uh what would you have to do to uh for you to hire us uh as extras or uh give us like a part so we can uh, help you make millions in your next project
6: <laughs> um well you know it's not uh, <laughs> on on independent stuff it, it's it's really it's difficult sometimes to hire people you know like outside cuz you know again like our budgets are so low so it's like you know to to you know fly somebody in is uh, is more expensive than what the budgets can handle, you know. So like we well, typically hire. the difference hire
2: between Matthias and myself, the difference between mm-hmm. Matthias and myself is now, now I, I can't speak Matthias on on the pay thing, but the the thing about me <laughs> is, uh, you know, we we had a great uh, guest on uh, last week, uh, Mr. Gaskin, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he he kind of let us know that, uh, and, and this is my thought. Uh, I mean. Mm. You don't have to pay me. Uh, you just got to give me the opportunity. As long as you give me uh, like uh, like a couple boxes to sweep in on the set, maybe throw me a couple hot dogs, whatever. I will come work for you for for free, and then if uh, if it does well, and then I uh, you can give me a bonus afterwards. But I want to just to get myself out there. I willing to come help you out,
3: whatever you need.
5: Well, okay. Okay.
3: And and I will yeah. point out too that. That's kind of similar with the wrestling industry. For instance, when yeah. I started training back 10 years ago, I made a deal with my promoter or my trainer at the time. He said, okay, here's the thing. I'm going to train you for free. I'm going to let you, since you live in the same town as me, you drive up here, I'll train you for free. But my first, your first 20 matches with me, you don't get paid. I will take right. you to the event if you need a ride with me, but I will not pay you for your event for the match. And I set an agreement mm-hmm. to that. And the one, and then the one cool thing about it was he told me um, that if I were to start paying for training, that money gets set into a personal account. And then after I'm ready to get into the ring, that money will go towards my gear. So there's always a sort of incentive. But when you go out to a wrestling uh, promotion for the first time, if you're near mm-hmm. the town and they're like, hey, will get you out like for a lot of people their first match they don't get paid they get the experience and they get and they get to if you get it filmed then you've got your first match out there and you could start sending it to people and you could keep moving on up my first 20 matches i didn't get paid but that helped me but i could get them recorded to send them to other people to get out further in the world so if you go out there to your first film project and you absolutely kill it then you then they're going to say well this guy did it, and we asked him to do it for free. And he willingly did it, and he worked his butt off, and he did so well, and I recommend him for a future project. So you never know if you take the dive every once in a while, it could lead to great things. You shouldn't always expect the big money payday just to go out there. right, yeah,
6: no, I totally agree
3: so if uh, well, so would you be willing to give
2: uh, like you know if guys are, are willing to come out? and, you know, pay for our own travel, our own uh, our own gas to get out there just to work with you, would you be willing to give us a shot?
6: Um, Yeah, most likely. I mean, it's something I definitely have to talk about more off air and with my um, other producers. The co- complication is we are doing a crowdfunding. And, you know, there are certain individuals, you know, that have paid money, that, you know, to appear in the movie. And then, you know, to to do it outside of that, you know, it can be insulting to some of them. So, like, I have to be conscious of that.
2: Right, right. So, now, uh, let's let's talk about that. What, uh, what are you working on right now, or are you not able to talk about it?
6: Yeah, no, I'm working on a movie called uh, Hard Place. Um, it's a monster movie. Um, uh, we're actually uh, doing a crowdfunder for it now. Um, we've raised $96,000 so far. I um, wow. uh, Should be crossing a hundred here in a couple weeks um, And uh, it's a, like I said It's a monster movie It's about a group of criminals That are kind of hiding out in the mountains uh, oh, Rural And uh, they end up uh, Stuck in the middle of this like ancient Like uh, Hatfield and McCoy type feud Between two sets of monsters
2: That's cool You know and you yeah. have a lot of movies On, on Tubi
6: right now don't you? Oh yeah, uh, almost everything I've done is on there, uh, on in some form.
2: Yeah, <laughs> let you know what my favorite movie on TV that I've watched of yours.
6: Mhm. Socks. Oh yeah, socks. Uh, the the talking dog one. That is a that's a yeah. cute movie and it's it's different. You know, at that time I wasn't doing a lot of you know like family stuff or comedy stuff and yeah, uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, I, I I was hired uh, to direct that one.
2: Now, was uh, was was that your dog, or what was it like finding a smart dog like that, or did you have to train the dog a lot?
6: <laughs> yeah, no, it was a it was a it was a Hollywood dog. Um, the producers hired a dog a dog trainer, and they brought the dog with them. And the dog was the highest paid person on that set.
2: <laughs> you know, because there, there's a written rule: don't work with animals, children. And the icon yeah. used to be on that list until I uh, straightened myself out.
6: Totally, totally. You know, they say they say it, but in my professional career, the two easiest groups of people that I've directed were those two kids and that dog. <laughs> they were they were the least problematic actors on that set. <laughs> you well, know, you know, I, I, I know that. Well, yeah, and <laughs> okay, I know sorry, that you know,
2: like a, like, a, like I mentioned, you have a lot of uh, uh, projects on. Uh, to me right now but let me ask you this if there's one project or one movie that you did you know every director talks about uh, you know like recording artists they always talk about this this is my baby this movie's my baby this song is my baby like for instance a little richard's baby was tutti Fruity." uh of all the <laughs> movies that you've done what would you say is your baby
6: um so the one i'm probably most proud of is craving, but, um, as far as like a personal connection to it, and it's honestly, technically not my best movie, but, uh, monsters in the woods, I have a real strong connection to, cause it's, it's semi autobiographical, you know, it's, uh, it's personal. It's kind of a, I was a, you know, angry young man at the time. And it's kind of punk rock. And I just, I really like that movie. It's a, a monster movie with Glenn Plummer and, uh, yeah, it's on Tubi and Amazon and all that. And I think YouTube.
2: Uh Jason Horton's our guest here. We got about uh ten minutes with Jason. And for those of you who uh listen to our podcast I mean our radio show on a regular basis, you got a Facebook uh our Facebook page attitude Era, Monday Live Monday like that. Go to eighty nine point one Ken m like that do a ten dollar month donation to Power the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autograph picture from past guests, current guest, or future guest. Uh would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? I'm sorry? Would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways for our fans? Oh yeah, yeah,
6: yeah. I uh, mailed by a package to you last week.
2: Okay, all right. I'll check that out. Uh,
6: where I'm at now, our, uh,
2: I'll admit our uh, our post office is very protective of packages where I live at now. So <laughs> I uh, probably just gotta I gotta go stop by the post office and uh, uh, see what's what. Now, let me ask you this. Now, you, um, I think, uh, aren't you in? I, I kind of slipped up there. I, we have a radio show here, but uh you know is it true that uh, you are working on launching a podcast
6: Um no no I I've, well, so I've ran a YouTube channel and I used to uh I did interviews on it and I would uh release those as a podcast but um I it's nothing new and I've kind of stopped doing it at this point
2: So the uh so the filmmakers on with the the Jay Horton is no longer
6: uh going to be a thing then? Yeah, it's not ongoing. Like, I, I may at some point revive it, but um, it, it was more of a YouTube channel that I just kind of repurposed the uh, the things for podcasts. But I, I never got much traction on the podcast side, so I just never really concentrated on it much.
2: Well, you know, I tell you what, I wish I would have met you uh, when you started it. I could have uh, helped promote it for you. I could have got you billions of ratings.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So, now, uh, we have uh, uh, Jason Horton as our guest here. We're on 89.1 KCVM. We've got about uh, eight minutes left. Now, uh, every uh, also director and actor and actress stuff we talk about, they always talk about, like, projects that they, they they want to do or they're like, they have that big hit that they're just waiting to put out there. Do you have an idea like that's ready to go or no?
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've... Uh... I, I've, I probably have ten or twelve unproduced scripts that you know I probably won't get to in my lifetime, uh, but I, I the, there's a couple that I would I'd really like to make um, that just would cost a little bit more money than uh, the amounts that I've been able to raise up to this point. And we know that uh, as an independent filmmaker, you know, funding is always the biggest uh,
2: difficulty, but. If there was, uh, besides uh, fundraising, what is the most other difficult thing about doing an independent film?
6: Um, I mean, you know, when you're doing a movie for a low budget, um, you I, at least this is just how it's gotten for me. I always feel like everything's kind of a favor. Even when you are paying people, you're not necessarily paying them, you know, the rates they deserve, you know, because you can only afford so much. So, you know, you can't really afford – you know, the, the location that you want, I guess I'm getting into money again, but it's, uh, it's like just scheduling and, and, you know, p- keeping it all together and all the different personalities, you yeah. know, it, it can be challenging.
2: Now is there, um, when, when you're, when you're pitching me ideas and I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but when you're, when you're pitching the ideas, trying to raise funding for a film, uh, do you have to, like, pitch the uh, idea? Do you have to pitch, uh, well, I'm going to have this actor and this actress, and this is going to be really big? Or what what is the main thing that you have to pitch when you're trying to raise funding for a
6: film? You know, it always uh, differs depending on who you're talking to. You know, because in my experience, you know, I'm not going, you know, to the same, you know, group of people or the same types of people uh, for funding usually. So it depends on what that individual is looking for. You know, and sometimes that person is looking for, they want, you know, name talent attached. Sometimes if the, if, you know, if the money's right and it's within their comfort range, they just want to be a part of the movie. They want to be, you know, because they want a cameo role or, you know, they want to put their girlfriend in it or something like that, you know. Um, but, you know, it's it's different every time. And as I've gotten... Um, you know, I I used to be hired to direct movies, so I wasn't pitching them, you know, they would just say, Hey, do you want to do this project? And I would do it. And then my own stuff, you know, usually the budgets were low enough that, you know, I'm getting the money from like one source and it's usually a private source. It's usually someone I've worked for before, you know, they know me and they're, they're usually investing in me a little more than the projects. You know, and with and then, crowdfunding, I think people do that too. They invest in the person rather than the project.
2: And what, one other question I'll ask along that line, you know, like I mentioned, you know, I, I've seen a lot of your projects on Tubi. Uh, now, do you, uh, you tell Tubi, hey, I got this movie, uh, and then they say, well, I'll tell you what, if you let us show it, we'll pay you like $10,000, or uh, do you get paid by how many times people watch it?
6: Yeah, with uh like Tubi is a AVOD platform which stands for ad video ad video on demand. So you're basically paid for how many uh commercial impressions you get. So if you have four commercials placed in your movie and so many people watch those four commercials, that's where you get paid. And then that, and that can differ depending on the advertiser and uh and you know how how long the ads are and stuff like that. Um, It works a little bit like uh, YouTube, like the CPM, RPM stuff, Um, but they, they, uh, to get movies on Tubi, because, like, I'm not dealing directly with them, you know, I'm getting to Tubi either through a distributor, you know, I work with IndieWrites a lot, or um, a distribution platform like FilmHub, which basically is an aggregator. So, like, you submit your film to, say, FilmHub, they upload it there, they do all their uh, quality control and then they submit it to different platforms including Tubi and then they decide those platforms decide whether to take it or not and you know then you end up having to give you know FilmHub whatever 10 or 20% of your take w- of what the movie makes that's
2: cool we got uh, Jason Harnes I guess here we got about uh, three minutes left here so we don't uh, so we don't forget about this uh, if our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook and Instagram a YouTube a Twitter and Twitch and TikTok what do you got?
6: yeah yeah you can pretty much find me on all the above uh at the j horton t h e j horton
2: all right and then uh one other thing i'll ask you here jason if uh if you could give advice to uh someone listening right now that wants to become an independent film director, what advice would you give them
6: um go to law school get a law degree have 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 some money coming in outside of film and then and then work your way into film like has a as a hobbyist. You know, unless you're just super passionate and you have to do it. Find find something a little more stable to start with.
2: So ha have, have something to fall back on, basically.
6: Yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: Well I'll tell you what, Jason, you have been uh you have just been so awesome and I'll tell you what, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Uh you have been amazing and hopefully uh if we haven't uh, scheduled you way too much you'd be willing to join us again at uh some point and we'd love to help you pitch uh and promote any other films that you got coming up in the future. We'd love to have you we'd love to have you use us as your platform to do that.
6: Awesome. Yeah, it'd be great to be back.
2: All right, thanks man. Uh take care and be safe out there, all right?
6: Yep, you too. Thank you.
2: All right, Jason Horton, ladies and gentlemen. Jay Horton. Hey, uh Matthias, that was pretty fun,
3: huh? Yeah, always good to talk to people about films and especially like I always say on every podcast or every radio episode we do. When I get to talk to somebody about wrestling and I get to talk to, or I get to talk to somebody about horror movies, uh stuff that really interests me, it's always it's always a pleasure getting to, you know, get their opinions on stuff like that, especially something I'm really uh I'm really knowledgeable about. Such as horror movies, wrestling, or even if we talk to like the Titanic or anything historical that really interests me, it's always it's always uh, fun to get everybody else's opinions.
2: Well, you know, uh I was gonna do the big announcement for next week's show. Uh you know who we were supposed to have on next week?
3: Uh yes, I did get the message from you. So
2: uh well yeah, but you know who we were supposed to have on before him? No. Uh, next week we were supposed to have Bulls of the Clown. Oh
3: yes, that's right. I saw your text about that.
2: Yes, and uh, unfortunately he had a uh, he had a death in the family, so uh, he's going to be with us on September 11th.
3: Okay. Uh,
2: and um, so next week though we have Ed Marinero, uh, who used to be on Hill Street Blues and he used to play for the Minnesota Vikings. All right. Sounds good. And we're going to have uh, Ronda Rydell uh she's a fitness model. And we're also gonna have uh, Julie Ryder uh with us and uh I know that you're gonna have a lot to talk to her about because uh she loves uh she's involved in your favorite subject.
3: All right, absolutely.
2: So uh we got about uh fifty six seconds here before our theme song hits. So uh as always, uh remember uh join us every Monday night. Uh, from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Center time, right here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And uh, our masses are growing, and we want to thank uh, probably the coolest guy I know. His name is Ken Bartz. He uh, owns the station here, and he's probably the coolest engineer. Uh, the guy can fix anything, uh, as long as it's a radio or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. He can fix anything because he is the man. So uh, with that being said, uh, Remember, uh, love each other, care for each other, always be safe. Uh, Join us next week. And uh, as always, remember, it's not goodbye. It's just goodnight. We'll see you next week. And as always, be on time.
5: You think you know me.
4: Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. Remember when you were a kid and your mom made fresh-baked bread and you couldn't wait to get a slice of that homemade goodness? Walking into Breadsmiths of Fargo will give you that same sensation. They offer fresh-baked artisan breads made from scratch every day, baked in a huge earth oven. Red Smith and Fargo is located at 1617, 32nd Avenue South in Fargo. They're open 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday and 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturdays. And they are also on the web at
3: www.redsmith.com. You're listening to 89.1 KMZ FM, KMNT, Holly Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at
2: www.kensfm.com. From Feature Story News in Austin, Texas, I'm Iris Spitzer. The White House has labeled Russia's decision to pull out of the Black Sea grain deal as irresponsible and dangerous. The initiative has provided safe passage to 33 million tons of Ukrainian grain over the past year. The end of the deal comes after a reported attack on a Moscow-controlled bridge linking Crimea to Russia. U.S. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby spoke to reporters at the White House.
0: I want to start today by
2: addressing Russia's irresponsible and dangerous decision to suspend its participation in the Black Sea Grain Initiative, which will exacerbate food scarcity and harm millions of vulnerable people around the world. The Black Sea Grain Initiative has been critical to bringing down food prices, which have spiked as a result of Russia's brutal and unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. More than half of the 33 million metric tons of grain and foodstuffs that have been shipped through... Testing one, two, three, testing one, two. So
4: how do you want to... This- Like, back in the days of uh, full-time radio, we would all three be live at the same time, and we would just read our lines one after the other. Is mm-hmm. that
5: the way he
2: wants this. Well, We're
4: basically... Them all divided up.
2: Well, they're all divided up because they're all in separate scenes.
4: They're all separate? Yeah. They're all in separate scenes?
2: Yeah. Like, mine...
4: We're
2: not reading off each other. No, no,
4: no, no. We're not... Okay, okay. On yeah, because that's what I was thinking... Because if this is all one scene, yeah, we should be be doing all three at once. No, like
2: mine is like a voiceover that's going to be heard at the beginning of the film, introducing the character, and then he's going to insert you guys, and then um, I'll record my line, and then uh, you guys can do yours after I take a look. All right. Okay, this is Icon here, and this is the voiceover. My name is Marco. I am 45. My life took a turn for the worse. A few months ago, I lost my job, leaving me in a state of despair as the bills piled up and the weight of my mortgage pressed down on me. I found myself sinking deeper into a pit of financial ruin. Desperately, I made a wrong decision that would haunt me for the rest of my days. I borrowed a lot of money from a gangster family. I knew that they were bad people. But at the moment, I saw no other way out. Time passed quickly, and before I knew it, the deadline to repay my debt had come and gone, and I found myself unable to pay back my loan. The conquests were dire. A contract had been placed on my head. Fear gripped every fiber of my being as I realized that my life was now in constant danger, the walls closing in around me, It was then that I made the difficult decision to leave everything behind, my home, family, and friends. Days turned into weeks as I started on a dangerous journey to escape my destiny. Every step I took my filled with fear and tension. The shadows seemed to whisper threats, and every passing stranger became a potential danger. Days turned into weeks as I continued to run for my life living each day as a fugitive my existence became miserable loneliness became my constant companion as I distanced. let me do that again
4: Uh, hang on a second you need to read it like you're talking to somebody not like you're trying to be a presidential candidate
5: okay
2: Loneliness became my constant companion as I distanced myself from loved ones. I'm having trouble with that line. Loneliness became my constant companion as I distanced myself from loved ones. I found myself to live as a fugitive. I knew that as long as I remained alive, their pursuit would never cease. And so I continued to run forever, looking over my shoulder Forever, haunted by the choice I had made. The life I only knew had become a distant memory, replaced by a never-ending cycle of survival and invasion. I'm going to read that again. And so I continued to run forever, looking over my shoulder. Forever, haunted by the choices I had made. The life I once knew had become a distant memory replaced by a never-ending cycle of survival and evasion. Hopefully that worked for you. Let me know if it doesn't. If not, I can uh, go ahead and record it, uh, re-record it. So I will pause this. All right, so uh, you want to do yours, and then just let him know who you're reading, and then I wish I could help you with your delivery because
4: I don't know if he's going to buy it. It would be... Instead of sounding like a presidential candidate,
2: Hello, my name is Marco. I am 45. My life took a turn for the worse.
4: No. Uh-huh. Talk to a person. Hi, my name is Marco. I'm 45,
2: and my life took a turn for the worse. Well, maybe. you hear the difference? Yeah, maybe it'd be better if I, like, look at you while I'm doing that. So, sort of, like, I'm yes. talking to you. Okay. All right, let's do that. Is it a
3: dramatic role?
2: Um... um
3: Thing? Cause it all depends
5: on the
2: context. Well, yeah. be,
3: Cause well like, my, like, I'm trying to see if my voice is supposed to sound angry because I've got it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I just got to figure out if I'm supposed to sound angry, I can sound angry, whereas well, if I'm supposed to just say this in a normal voice. It all depends on how you're supposed to say it. Your delivery.
4: Yeah, he didn't really give us
3: uh, any specific direction. Yeah. You know, any
4: direction according to that. But I'm just going with gut instinct here, yeah. you know, because and he's narrating. That's what he's doing. He's narrating well, like, well, yeah, because
2: his voice you don't narrate like you're a presidential
4: candidate.
2: Right. All right, well, I will redo it. One second.
4: So, but you get what I mean. Right. Okay. And uh it's the exact same thing when you recorded your uh, uh, your uh, promo. You were
2: doing the same thing,
4: and I had to tame you down.
2: Right. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll redo this. Okay. Here we
4: go. But I think that would be in your best interest. All right.
2: Just, so, uh, so should I just erase this and then... Um, just go ahead, delete. Delete? Uh,
4: on the keyboard. Right, 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 right. Down, 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 up, 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 down, 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 up. Over, over, the other way. Down, delete. Got it. Oh, oh no, you got to, uh... I got to select
2: it all first, right? Yeah, you
4: got to select it all. Yeah, get it white and then delete it.
2: Okay, all right. All right, let's yeah. try it again.
4: Hopefully that'll work.
2: Okay, here we go.
4: I'm hoping
2: he'll accept this. I'm sure he will. All right, this is Icon reading the voiceover for Marco. (laughs) My name is Marco. I am 45. My life took a turn. Well, you're talking, so it's picking up. Well, then
4: you
2: can start again. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's a
4: thousand times better. Okay. All right, got it. Read it like you're narrating something.
2: Okay. All right. Just make sure you guys aren't saying anything so it doesn't pick it up. All right. Okay. Here we go. Why is this doing this? Hold
4: on
5: a second. Stop. Stop. Okay.
2: Okay. This is Icon reading the voiceover for Marco. My name is Marco. I am 45. My life took a turn for the worse. A few months ago, I lost my job, leaving me in a state of despair. As the bills piled up and the weight of my mortgage pressed down on me, I found myself sinking deeper into a pit of financial ruin. Desperate, I made a wrong decision that would haunt me for the rest of my days. I borrowed a lot of money from a gangster family. I knew they were bad people, but at the moment, I saw no other way out. Time passed quickly and before I knew it, the deadline to repay my debt had come and gone, and I found myself unable to pay back my loan. The conquests were dire. A contract had been placed on my head. Fear gripped every fiber of my being as I realized that my life was now in constant danger. The walls closed in around me. It was then that I made the difficult decision to leave everything behind, my home, family, and friends. Days turned into weeks as I started on a dangerous journey to escape my destiny. Every step I took was filled with fear and tension. The shadows seemed to whisper threats, and every passing stranger became a potential danger. Days turned into weeks as I continued to run for my life, living each day as a fugitive. My existence became miserable. Loneliness became my constant companion as I distanced myself from loved ones. I found myself to live as a fugitive. I'm going, to start. I'm going to do it again. I found myself to live as a fugitive. I knew that as long as I remained alive, their pursuit would never cease. And so I continued to run, forever looking over my shoulder, forever haunted by the choices I had made. The life I once knew had become a distant memory, replaced by a never-ending cycle of survival and evasion.
4: That better. It like like foster kids. <laughs> this last name
3: Lucini or
2: Lucani? For what?
3: Not a
2: last name. Lu- Lucini.
3: Lucini?
2: Yep. All right, so there's my part. Hopefully it'll work, and then uh, whoever wants to step up to do the next one.
4: Uh. I'm literally you you get, you like use that one? From All right, which which uh, Mike is that? Uh, Level,
2: and all of
4: that sort
2: of
4: stuff. So... Go ahead, speak in I am speaking. How are you? Why is it
2: not so loud, though? Why, Why is it not so loud, though? Do I have the wrong one? Pardon? Um, it should be number two. It's actually number three. It's number three? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: And then he's number four.
2: Okay, all right,
5: that's why
2: it was not so loud. Yes. All right, so I'm going to start recording and then introduce uh, your name, and then uh, introduce your name, uh, and what's your uh, boy thing, so he knows. I'll turn my mic off, and I'll let you
4: go. In three, two, one. Hi, I'm Kenneth Burks. Uh, I am the driver. And as the driver has stopped, there is a man standing. And here's what I say: uh, Maybe we should turn off the AC. You hearing that a lot? Yep. That would be a good idea. It's not going to hurt us.
2: All right. So we'll. Uh, It'll be a lot quieter. All right. And then make sure you uh, spell your first and last name too. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So 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 you get the right credit. All right. Uh, go ahead. All
4: right, my name is Kenneth Bartz, K-E-N-N-E-T-H, B's and Boy, A-R-T-Z. And I am the voice of the driver. Here are the lines.
2: Hey, are you doing okay
4: there? What happened? I can give you a ride if you want. Okay, I just want to help. Here, drink some water. How do you feel now?
5: What is your name?
4: And where do you live? Do you want to ride? Is
5: that adequate?
2: Yeah,
3: that was perfect. All right, now I have Matthias step up to the plate.
2: He's on mic four. You want to read from there, or just read the main from, from your spot. So no, you can do it from
3: here too. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, also
2: Matthias, make sure you. Uh, oh, you're gonna go on that one. Yeah, I'll sit on my mic. Okay. All right. Oh, oh, you're gonna go back to two?
3: No, I'm all on four. I'm on my usual mic.
2: Oh, you're on you're on four. Yes. Spe- speak in there.
3: Hello? Hello? Can you hear
2: me? Hello? Yeah, I can now. You can uh, now? Okay. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so I say, uh, once again, uh, spell your name, So uh, your personal last name, so he knows who's reading, and uh, let him know the part that you're reading, and uh, I'll give you a countdown, and then you can go from there. Ready? Three, two,
3: one. All right, this is Eric Matthias. E-R-I-K-M-A-T-T-H-E-I-S, and I am reading the part of the man who confronts Marco about working for Michael Lucchini. <clears throat> I need to talk to you. I am working for Michael Lucchini, and you owe him money. You have 24 hours.
2: That was perfect.
3: I'll do one more. Okay. Just because I need to talk to you. All right. I'm kind of off. All
2: right. And then make sure you're not sniffling, too. so that that's Yep. A, I you. just had to get that. Got gotcha. you. All right. Ready? Here we go. Three. And then uh, do the spelling and stuff again. Three, yep. two, one.
3: My name is Eric Mathias, E-R-I-K-M-A-T-T-H-E-I-S. And I am reading the part of the man who confronts Marco. I need to talk to you. I am working for Michael Lucchini, and you owe him money. You have twenty-four hours.
2: That was awesome, man. <laughs>
3: That's the one thing with working promos, I can. Yeah,
2: that was actually that was actually kind of freaky. So. Uh... All right, let's see here. Uh, hey, Ken, uh, where should I save this? Uh,
4: you can put it on the desktop.
2: Okay.
4: Is there a name in the movie yet?
2: Uh, I'm just going to save it as uh, VoiceOver Marco. Yeah, well, Marco
4: was. Over. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah it's like you
2: know, I can I can go up to here and the,
4: to label
3: it Marco Movie or something. Like okay,
4: all right. The one thing about,
3: the one thing about being the pro wrestler, you can... You learn how to really switch your voice into
2: places. See, the thing is, the reason why, uh, well, not that you guys care, but the reason why uh, he uh, he was impressed with his uh, appearance on our show, the fact that we were able to make it work that he couldn't call in and we had to hold up the phone so we could talk. And uh, when he was on, I played that – the the clock thing, and he loved that. He said, can I get that guy's voice? Do you know him? Well, I think I can find
0: him. You know? And then, uh, how much? Well, I'm hoping
5: he's satisfied. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, for us, Hello. to get the right sure.
4: intonation and the right Oh, was that mine? Yeah, I just grabbed it. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay. You know, he needs to give us a little direction. Right. So. Well, I just.
3: Oh, I've got my
2: 1911. It's just
3: not in my car. Alright, so... It's not my vehicle.
2: Alright, so I can turn this off.